Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to episode number 79 of the Talking Blues podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm joined by both of my co-hosts, Alex and Peter. We had a 2-0 victory against Arsenal earlier this week. If you uh, haven't checked out our recap to that match that we actually recorded initially right after the match finished and then released it Monday morning, please go check that out before you listen to this episode. We have a lot, a lot, a lot of news to cover Mostly all Chelsea, and then one other topic. I think it's one other, two other topics that involve uh, the world of football or soccer, and we will discuss those topics too because there are huge topics to talk about. But uh, mostly Chelsea news, as well as there's still a match on Saturday, which is hard to believe with all of the news we have today. But there is still a match on Saturday that involves Chelsea FC, and it's probably one of the biggest matches here in this early stretch of the season. It's against Liverpool, um, and that'll be played at 12.30 p.m. EST, 5.30 p.m. in England, and we are very excited for the match and um, whoever wins that will most likely stay in this top four, as both of the clubs are tied at six points each, both Liverpool and Chelsea. Guys, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Recording this basically right after the draw and award ceremony, so I'm happy. Uh, we'll talk about who won those and the groups and everything. Uh, but I'm excited to be here, excited to talk, excited to preview Liverpool, the Liverpool game this weekend. Yeah, just fun episode hopefully and i'm just excited to be here i'm also excited to be here um and you know i'm just excited there's lots of news going on everywhere whether it's with chelsea whether it's other teams in the premier league whether it's just all around europe lots of things going on and uh, i'm excited for this weekend as well and hopefully we can get our third straight win in the premier league so i don't know where we start here i guess we can go on to the awards and talk about the uh, uefa awards that also happened during the um what is it the the draws for the groups in the UEFA Champions League this season the 2021-2022 Champions League season so I guess we'll go through the awards because there are Chelsea players that won multiple uh awards um so let's start out with that okay N'Golo Conte won the UEFA Midfielder of the Season award Edward Mendy won the UEFA Goalkeeper of the Season. 
And what's great about Eduardo Mendes, we obviously know his story, but at, what is it, 21, 22 years old, he was looking for another job, uh, maybe was not going to continue his football career, and then turns around, has a, you know an amazing amount of clean sheets with Chelsea. Obviously, we know his time at, I think it was Sevilla, before Chelsea, um, but then arriving at Chelsea, staying with Chelsea, and pursuing through an amazing season with them, being a Champions League winner, and then now going on to win the UEFA goalkeeper of the season is very good for him. We had Tuchel come around as a manager mid-season, having uh, Frank fired. I, I, I mean, I guess putting it to putting it brief, um, briefly. But yeah, um, obviously a club legend, and we had to have a player step in uh, for Frank Lampard's absence, and a player, a for a manager, I should say, of former club PSG comes in, steps in with Chelsea, uh, takes him to the FA Cup final, takes him to top four, secured in the Premier League, and wins the Champions League with them as well. He was named the UEFA manager of the season, good for Tuchel, and then very good for uh, Jorginho, who wins UEFA Player of the Season, and now he's got this checklist building up with one more left on it. It's UEFA UCL winner, check. Euro 2020 winner, check. UEFA Super Cup winner, check. UEFA Player of the Year, check. And is Ballon d'Or next? We'll have to wait and see. But those are the four awards that the three Chelsea players and one Chelsea manager uh, one, I, I think this is news to everyone that uh, we are the top club in England right now. We're maybe the top club in the world. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see what your guys' thoughts on that comment is. But uh, I guess just go to you guys and your reactions to these awards and these Chelsea players winning these awards. I mean, we deserve it, right? We were so dominant during the Champions League campaign, and then Jorginho was also dominant during the Euros with Italy. I mean, it's very, 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 very deserved. Uh, some people thought Tuchel might not win because Mancini with Italy may have done a better job because maybe Italy was less of a favorite or something. I don't know. Tuchel definitely deserved it. I mean, when he came in, everybody was like, well, Chelsea's getting out and knocked out round of 16. They're, they're in shambles right now. Nothing's happening. Uh, they're just not in a good state right now. Uh, but he came in, fixed everything up, won the Champions League, and I mean... Mendy had the most clean sheets uh, in a Champions League season. He deserved the goalkeeper. I'd say Rudiger Aspi definitely deserved the Defender of the Year over Diaz. Uh, but, you know, I won't get into that. Diaz, Havertz has cooked Diaz so many times. They can Diaz can have his Defender of the Year that he didn't deserve. We have the Champions League. Uh, Conte, midfielder season, I mean, so deserved. He was just so dominant. And then... Uh, Jorginho, like I said already, was so dominant in so many competitions. He won every single UEFA competition he played in, and it's not like he just won them. He was a major part in them. I, th It's just... It just... I don't want to say we're the best team in the world because, obviously, PSG now look like they have a very, very strong roster. Obviously, Man City are still up there. Bayern are very good. Uh, there's a lot of very, very good teams, but... We're definitely up there. I mean, won the Champions League, almost swept every award we could have uh, at this awards. We won the Super Cup. I mean, we're in the Club World Cup. And I mean, technically, if you win the Club World Cup, we are the best team in the world. Not necessarily by how good our squad is and how you could say 
they didn't deserve it. But if we win the Club World Cup later this year, then we are, by definition, the best club in the world. And I think we should win that. So I'm just saying, we are the best club in the world. And I mean, these awards do nothing but strengthen that, uh, in my opinion. I would agree. You know, all these players, Coach, obviously, and Tuchel, they've done fantastic this season. Thoroughly deserved it. Everything uh, that they did. You know, I, I, I'm just, I'm very proud as a Chelsea fan. Hopefully, you know, we can continue this, this upcoming season. Um, but, you know, Chelsea players, they're the best in the world. You see them getting called up to various World Cup qualifying teams. I know England just came out, Mountain uh, James, of course, getting on that. Um, and, team, and, and, you know, players from all over are getting called up for their countries. We had the most uh, players at the Euros. Um, and I'm sure that will be maybe even the case at this upcoming World Cup. Uh, so, you, you know, just so many quality players from around the world uh, that play at Chelsea, and they came together and they uh, won a trophy and they deserved all these awards. And I guess we can go on to the UEFA League draw now. And we have all the groups set. Alex will read them out. But first of all, I would like to read out Group H, which includes Chelsea specifically. And uh, that is the group that they will be in for this Champions League uh, this year. We have Chelsea in there, Juventus, which I'm sure we will talk about them later, and their main player, Cristiano Ronaldo, and his state uh, at Juventus. But it's Chelsea, Juventus, uh, Zenit, I think that's I'm pronouncing that right, and Malmo. Now, uh, I have to pull it up for both of them, but I believe SC Zenit is a Russian club. So we'll have to travel to Russia for a few matches. I know Peter and Alex were talking about that pre-podcast, um, pre-recording, I should say, and how it's a little bit of a flight for the players having to go there midweek and then having to travel uh, back home to England for whatever match they play. And then Malmo is a Swedish club. They've been around for a long, long time. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a draw for Chelsea. And then, Alex, you can talk about the rest of the groups in the Champions League. Yeah, so starting with Group A, Manchester City, PSG, RB Leipzig, and Club Bruges. Um, that group, I think, is the best in this uh, competition, maybe uh, in competition with uh, Group B, which is Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, Porto, and AC Milan. I think that's going to be entertaining. Um, group C, Sporting, uh, Borussia Dortmund, Ajax, and Besiktas. Um, group D, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk. And Sharif, Group E, Bayern Munich, Barcelona. Interesting after last, uh, you know, a couple years ago, what's going to happen there? Um, Benfica and Dynamo Kiev, and uh, Group F, Villarreal, Man United, Atalanta, and Young Boys. Think that'll be a good group as well. Probably seen as the weakest group in this competition. Maybe won't be though. Uh, Lille, Sevilla, Salzburg, and Wolfsburg. And obviously, Josh mentioned it before, Group H, Chelsea, Juventus, Zenit, and Malmo. And then, uh, I mean, Peter, any thoughts on the, on these group stages? I would I would say, I mean, I've, I've said it again, pre-podcast kind of alluding to that, but I think Group B is the strongest here overall with teams because I think every team can compete. I know, Peter, you were talking about Group A mainly, but I feel like, you know, one of those teams won't be able to compete. While the four other teams, although one of them isn't as stacked as a PSG, a Man City, um, but I, I would say that all four of them are able to compete uh, with each other individually. And I think every team will have a good shot 
um, of of winning respectively. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on the uh, group, the groups in uh, the Champions League this upcoming season. I'll just agree to disagree with your group B because I think I I agree with you to an extent where I'd say overall group B has the like most like equal like I I mean I guess that's what you would say equal kind of like talent wise but I mean I don't think it's like every team has a chance realistically Liverpool will win this group and Atletico Madrid should get second pretty easily I mean we played Porto and they were very good But I think Atletico Madrid and Liverpool just both have the edge over them. And then AC Milan, uh, I mean, AC Milan don't really have anyone to... They obviously have Tamori, they have Jadeson Giroud, they have Zlatan, they have have a few good players, they have Kessie. I mean, but are they really as good as Atletico Madrid or Liverpool? No. I think it's mainly going to be more interesting in Group A, where there's three really, really, really good teams, and even though there's one team that isn't, like, really going to put up much of a fight at all, there's three really, really, really good teams, which are going to be, which I think is much more interesting to see battle it out, because one of those teams has to get the Europa League, and it will probably be Leipzig, because Leipzig definitely aren't on the level to compete with Manchester City and PSG but you never know anything can happen one game Leipzig steal a goal and then Man City can't score something and that changes the whole dynamic of the group but it's definitely I could see why you'd say B but I think it just has to be A is the best group and I mean hey I mean group H is obviously the best group too just because of Chelsea that just automatically makes it the best group no, it's Group A, I think. I think you have to just, you know that Group A is the best group. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, I agree with Peter. I think it's Group, I, I think it's Group A. Um, Despite the fact that Club Bruges are in there, you never know with these teams who's going to be good, who's going to be bad. Uh, so I think that's definitely the most competitive group there. Um, moving on to some like general transfer news before we get into the Chelsea transfer news. Lots to talk about today, obviously. Um, so Harry Kane, he'll be staying with Spurs. Uh, he came out, talked about it, made a whole post, etc. So he will not be going to Man City. Man City obviously still looking for their number nine. And who would be better than number seven? Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. And so we have a tweet, or a couple tweet, multiple tweets here. Um, while Juventus are still asking for a 28 to 30 million euro fee for Ronaldo, as they won't sell him on a free transfer, Jorge Mendez, his agent, uh, is talking directly with Man City and discussing personal terms contra- slash contracts. Uh, Juventus are still waiting for Man City to decide on whether or not they want to pay that fee. Um, so that's it's interesting. Could both of the goats be moving this summer, possibly? And also, it's even more interesting now is uh, Man City and PSG were drawn in the group together, uh, which is kind of funny. So we might see a. Uh, Ronaldo Messi matchup once again. Obviously, there's been some talk about hey, Ronaldo played for Man United for multiple years. This is traitorous, etc. etc. Like many other players haven't done this before. I mean, you know, I, I get you know, United fans, but Jaden Sancho, he played in the Man City Academy his entire, you know, childhood, and then he went over to Man United. So I don't think they really have a right to complain. Um, but yeah, there's definitely been some issues. There was an old interview done with Ronaldo where he said he wouldn't go to Man City. Obviously that was like six years ago. Things change. 
he wants to win trophies. I get it, respect it, and it'll be really cool to see him back in the Premier League if he does come. Well, I'd prefer if he doesn't come because if we're in a title charge with Man City and they sign Ronaldo, uh, I think I'd have to go give the edge to Man City. So, I mean, preferably uh, he, but, well, actually, this is an interesting question. Would you rather have him at Man City uh, for the Prem or at Juventus for the Champions League? Because no matter what, we're going to have to play him at one point. It's just a question of whether you would have him in the Prem or the Champions League. I just thought about that. That is quite interesting. Uh, to think about, but I mean, I think I would rather have him stay at Juventus because Man City, one of their biggest weaknesses is they don't have that Lukaku-like player that we have, that guy that can finish all these chances. They have Jesus, they have De Bruyne, they have Torres, they have Mares, they have all these wingers and like midfielders that can play as like a false nine, but they don't really have that striker, that goal scorer, that finisher that they would have if they brought in Ronaldo. Yeah, I agree with you, Peter. It's definitely going to be uh, tough to beat them if they do have Ronaldo. He's clinical up front. I don't think he really fits with Pep, though. That's one thing I would say. Um, moving on here to the final bit of general transfer news. Again, another huge player who could be on the move, Kylian Mbappe. Uh, Real Madrid have today made a second bid. Uh, they made a bid of 160 million euros yesterday. They upped it to 170 million euros today when we're recording. Uh, to PSG for Kylian Mbappe. Obviously, next year, his contract runs out. He could go for free next year. Um, PSG signed Mbappe from Monaco in 2018 uh, for 180 million euros, um, but they've only uh, received 145 million of that so far. Still another 35 million uh, to come, whether uh, when they renew Mbappe's contract or sell him. Uh, So Mbappe could be on the move. I don't get this at all. Why not stay one year, play with Messi, learn, then go when you're, you know, you're a free transfer, go next summer, and then, you know, do your dream of playing for Real Madrid. But it's not worth playing, you know, missing out on playing with the greatest player, arguably, definitely, of all time. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. I think this is foolish. Reminds me of when Neymar went to PSG from Barcelona because he wanted to get out of Messi's shadow. Obviously, Mbappe wants to get out of a double shadow there with Neymar and Messi, but I don't think he, I, to be honest, I don't know if it's his ego or whatever. I know his childhood dream was to play for Real Madrid, but I think you just have to sit there and learn uh, from some of these best players in the world if he wants to become the best player from the uh, in the world. Ronaldinho, uh, you know, Messi sat behind Ronaldinho for a while. They, you know, he wasn't the main figure all, uh, all at once. Ronaldo wasn't the main figure at uh, Man United when he originally got there. You kind of have to, in order to become the great, you have to learn from some of the greats. I agree, Alex, and I also think that uh, it, I, I don't think the bid's enough where uh, where PSG will accept it from Real Madrid, so I think that comes into play. The Re- Ronaldo news is interesting. I mean, we'll have to see the future with Juventus and obviously the Man City, uh, PSG in the same group in Champions League. If Ronaldo and Messi in the same summer go to separate clubs and where they played for for a while, obviously. It's a different story with uh, Ronaldo at Juventus and Messi because his original club um, was Manchester United, but then um, was Real Madrid for a number of years and then making the move to Juventus. He's been on there for, what, a few, five years now? Maybe longer? I, I would Three years. To- Three years. 
That's three it. Three or four. Three or four. Three, four, three. Okay. Three, right, Peter? So, yeah. He hasn't Peter, I think it's three. Yeah, it's three. Three. <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, thank you for confirming because I had no idea. Three, I think. Pretty sure. Let's go. <laughs> let, let's go back to uh, some Chelsea transfer news because there's again a lot of that happening. Uh, first one on the bat is uh, Kurt Zuma. Unfortunately, will be heading to West Ham. It's a done deal, and here we go. According to Fabrizio Romano, paperwork's <laughs> now completed between Chelsea and West Ham. Deal at signing stage. Final agent details being sorted. The fee is thirty million, and there will be a physical uh, at West Ham soon. Um, coming up. Alex, you have something to say? Is that why you're... No, I, I, I just want to say... Well, I've always have something to say, Josh, but I, I'm happy about this. You know, I was explaining this to Josh over text. 30 million euros is a good fee. We sold Tamori for the same fee, and obviously Tamori's up and coming, and you know, I'm not saying that was the best sale uh, price for Tamori there after his season he had at Milan, but uh, I'm happy about this. I just don't think Kurt Zuma, as much as I love him, Kurt Zuma is one of my favorite players... Um, so I'm sad to see him go. He just doesn't fit the modern-day Chelsea team that we have here under Tuchel. We need players who can really play with their feet at the back. And, you know, Kurt Zuma, I'm going to give him credit. He's gotten much better with the ball at his feet uh, than he was originally in his first spell at Chelsea before he went out on a couple loans. Um, he is much better, but he's still not at the level of a player like Koundé, who we're going to talk about in a second, uh, who Chelsea are you know, now going to progress with that deal, probably looking 60, 70 million for Kunde, putting some of that 30 million towards that deal. And you got a player who can really play with the ball at his feet, is a very solid defender, great tackler, great anticipation, um, and in general, a very good defender. Uh, you know, Kurt Zoom obviously has the size, which will really help in the Premier League. But I think when you're talking about games, so you want to win in the Champions League, I don't think Kurt, uh, Kurt Zuma is the you know, right player for Chelsea at this point. I think for West Ham, it's an absolute brilliant signing. The way they play, it's perfect um, to be, you know, a top six team in the Premier League. But if you want to, you know, win throughout Europe and European competitions, I think Koundé is a better fit. I agree. I mean, selling a player where he probably wouldn't have gotten much playtime this year anyway. We obviously have Silva, Aspi, Rudiger, Christensen, Chalaba, uh, probably all above him. Even moving Reese James to center back would probably be a better uh, option. Tuchel might prefer over Zuma. So I mean, he really wasn't going to play that much anyway. So being able to get him for thirty million, and then I think that's basically what um, almost half, uh, maybe a bit more than half or a bit less than half. I forget how much Kunde uh, the reported fee was for him, but about half of Kunde who. Is probably is younger, is a better talent, uh, and is more of a fit into the system, like you said, Alex, where he can play with his feet. Kunde is very good at dribbling, very good at passing. He's kind of like a CDM midfielder at center back, in a way. I guess is how you could describe it. Uh, but I definitely think, I mean, I like you also said, I like Zuma. Uh, he's a great personality. He's very fun, but to get thirty million for him and then be able to basically transfer that for half of Kunde and getting able to get in someone as young and talented as Kunde is, I mean, it's just great business by Marina. Now again, this has been a great window so far. If we can maybe get uh Saul or Tushimeni or any kind of uh DM midfielder as uh, more depth, it'd be for me a hundred percent a ten out of ten window.
What I would say about Kunde, quick before Josh goes again, I'm sure, to read the rest of the news here. Um, I, I would say he's almost like Aspi a little bit. He reminds me a bit of Aspi, shorter on the same uh, height span as Aspi, um, but he's, he's decent with his feet. I'd actually say he's better on the ball than Aspi is or ever was. Um, and I think he's quicker. He's, uh, I wouldn't say he's a better defender, but you know, I think he could get to that point. Reminds me of him very much. Uh, so hopefully he can take that mantle. Maybe he'll be a future captain of Chelsea. And uh, yeah, so on to the next transfer news for Chelsea. This includes Timo Bakayoko is set to join AC Milan from Chelsea. Here we go once again. Fabrizio Romano. Deal to be done. Completed on loan. 500,000. Um, what is it? Pounds with a buy option. Euros. Uh, Euros. With a 20... Fabri- Oh. Fabrizio always talks in euros because he's uh, Italian. So always in euros for Fabrizio. Thank you, Alex. I'm sure you would know that. Uh, with a buy <laughs> option of 20 million euros, he only wanted to join AC Milan, no other option, and he gets the option that he wanted. They also extended his contract, they meaning Chelsea, until June of 2020. Three, Bakayoko hasn't really been with the club for a while now. It's been about two years, so I didn't expect anything more than uh, another another loan move at that point. So You know, I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but this final tweet we have here, it's not from Fabrizio. I can't believe I betrayed his trust like this, but I, I had to do it. You know, I can't even read it, Josh. Can you read it, please? Because I, I don't want to offend him. <laughs> sure, but it's not confirmed. That's the thing. Um, it's not here we go. It's a it's a rumor from a, a reliable verified source in the you ninety have the, score. What's this? Oh, ninety it's score. A, okay, yeah, ninety score. Yeah. Okay, so according to ninety score, Chelsea have agreed on terms on a season long loan deal for Atletico Madrid midfielder Sal Niguez, uh, with a with just a clause over any future permanent transfer left to iron out. Uh, and now I guess if, if 90 score is correct in their rumor, that would mean just Niguez needs to give the okay, right? And then he'll be heading to Chelsea. I, I believe that is how it goes out. Uh, Peter. Uh, it's basically whether, you know, it's like how Tamori had an option to buy. It's basically determining whether we will have an option to buy in the deal or an obligation to buy in the deal. Option to buy means we can be like, if he plays very well, we can buy him. But if he isn't good and he isn't what we want, we can just say no. But obligation to buy means that we're basically going to buy him at the end of the loan. And so that's basically what they're ironing out. But we have like a deal with Saul Atletico Madrid willing to let him go out. So it's getting pretty close. And it's basically we're most likely, unless I don't understand how it could fall apart, unless it falls apart, we're going to be getting Saul on loan. Okay, so now let's head to this match. Chelsea versus Liverpool. It's going to be an exciting one on Saturday uh, afternoon for us and then evening into the nighttime for everyone in England. Okay, so let's go into our lineups here, and then we'll have the score, obviously. Nothing really changes for me. Um, I, I think it's just all the same. Mendy starts in net. Back line is Asby, Christensen, Rudiger. No Thiago Silva once again. Um, so, yeah, that, that's who I have there on my back line. And I'm just going to go to my midfield because I don't care. James, Reese James starting at the uh, right wing back, right midfield. Conte, Jorginho. Uh, are the two in midfield? Although Kovacic could definitely see him in the midfield, but we'll have to see uh, how you know what Tuchel does. And then Marcus Alonso at the right or left, excuse me, midfield position for Chelsea. 
Okay, so moving on to my lineup. I also have Mendy in net, and I also have the defense as the same. As P. Christensen, Rudiger, hopefully Christensen plays like he did against Liverpool the second time around instead of the first time around like last season. No red card on a through ball that he just takes someone out. Uh, hopefully he plays solidly like he has been. And then I guess I'll also go to my midfield. I think Reese James will start out on the right. I think it's Conte and Jorginho in the middle. And... I don't know why Chilwell hasn't been playing. I mean, Alonso has been playing pretty well, so I'm assuming Alonso kind of has the spot for right now. But I could see Chilwell going into this game where he might need some pace against this Liverpool front three and obviously Trent Alexander-Arnold on that side. So I think Chilwell comes back into this game. So the midfield is Chilwell, Conte, Jorginho, and Reese James. So in goal, I have Mendy, uh, three center backs. I'm going to have Aspi, Christensen, and Rudiger. Uh, right wing back, I'm going to have Reese James. Left wing back, I'll have Marcus Alonso. And in the center midfield, I'll have Jorginho and Kovacic. I think Conte once again starts on the bench. Um, and for my front three, I'm going to have Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, and Romelu Lukaku. Uh, and that'll be my lineup, and I'll do my score predictions after uh, you guys finish your lineups. Big man Lukaku at the striker position as long as uh, he is healthy. He is starting every single match for Chelsea unless it's like a back-to-back situation. I just I unless he has a bad game too. I'm I'm getting a little too positive about him, but I don't want to I don't want to go too crazy, but I I'm very excited to see him start once again against Liverpool, see what he can do. And then same thing Alex, Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, no reason to change it up, and that is who I have. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do score prediction. Actually, I'm going to do a, do I, I, I guess I'll go a draw of some sort, a one, one draw between Chelsea and Liverpool. Uh, for me, I obviously have Lukaku up front. I also have Mason Mount. And then I don't know who to put between Kai Havertz and Timo Werner as the last kind of front three spot. It could also be Hakim Ziyech, uh, not really sure if Pulisic is how long, how much longer he has to recover for before he can play and how fit he's going to be when he comes back. So I don't have him starting. But I think you keep it the same. The attack was pretty successful as it was last game. So Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, Lukaku is my front three. On my score prediction, I'm going to once again say 3-0 Chelsea. I don't think it will be that. But the past two times I've said 3-0 Chelsea, we've played very, very well and we've won both games. So 3-0 Chelsea win for me. All right, um, I'm going to go with a little bit less optimistic than Peter there. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw, um, and Kai Havertz and Mason Mount score, and uh, Sadio Mane gets a double uh, against Edward Mendy, and that's my score prediction and goal prediction. And uh, Peter, you can't jump in now with your goal prediction. After Mendy just won the UEFA Goalkeeper of the Year, you're having him giving up two goals after all of the clean sheets he's been having. You guys, yes, I'm very upset. You guys like really just throw goals at Mendy when he just never gives them up. The, like this guy does not allow goals. You had him giving up, I believe, one or two to Arsenal, and now you have him giving up two goals to Sadio Mane. I I just don't like it. I don't like it. Hey hey hey, it's okay. And I should have said this earlier. I completely forgot. I spaced. Uh, but once again, Peter has a weekly player profile out now, and it's on the main big man striker, Romelu Lukaku. Please go to ShipIt Studios. 
studios.com slash blog if you want to do it that way or just ship it studios.com and press in the article section and it should be at the top of the page or you can just scroll down a little bit it should be right there on the top um and uh yeah player profile on Romelu lukaku talks about his early years and now his more recent years um in the uh premier league i guess right now but uh recent years obviously with atletico madrid before he was with chelsea and um inter milan one second inter atletico milan. madrid hold on now inter milan <laughs> yeah inter milan not atletico madrid i'm i'm uh spacing a little bit i, I mean peter any thoughts on the article why should people go read your article, Peter? This is this is the real question. Because it's a good article, or at least I hope. I mean, I think it's a good article. It's a little I think selfish I mentality, well. Peter. It's an amazing article, and you better yeah. go read it. I could have been. Yeah, I could or have else. been. I could have been less modest, Josh. Or yeah. Else. So you look at Alex. That's that's well. That's from a... <laughs> It's it's no. It's completely unbiased source right there. Yeah, I was about I to mean, say non-biased. He, yeah, very unbiased. So I mean, that means you have to go check it out third party opinion and it's not from the actual writer so that's a good thing but uh yeah go check it out shipitstudios.com slash blog or shipitstudios.com and then press in the articles player profile Romelu lukaku go follow talking blues on twitter at talking blues pod subscribe wherever you're listening drop a five stars rating and or review we would like to see more of those please uh, we would really appreciate some more uh, reviews thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time when we recap this arsenal Ars- what am i doing this Chelsea versus Liverpool match, I'm sorry, I'm losing it a little bit here at the Congrats end. Congrats to Arsenal, 6-0 against West Brom U23s. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Now they're all celebrating like they a- think AFTV going crazy. So, um, okay. Anyway, we don't need to give any credit to Arsenal. We will see you next week, early next week, for the Chelsea-Liverpool recap. See you then. Enjoy the match. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.